This episode is brought to you by StreamYard. StreamYard is a live streaming platform. It's browser-based. It makes your live streams look like a pro ran it. You guys can check out how I run my streams on YouTube and all the different platforms where I use StreamYard. And so get started with StreamYard today. Check the show notes for a link to get you a 14-day free trial on any of the StreamYard plans. Check it out and I'll see you inside the episode. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. It is Rob Balasabas here. I'm joined by my good friend, Andrew Can. Andrew, how are you doing, man? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on once again. Yeah. Yeah. You're like a regular here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how you been, man? What's uh, what's new? What's exciting? What's on your uh, what, what are you up to? I am good. A lot of exciting things are happening. I've come back from VidCon. I'm about almost at this point a month out, but have learned a lot about YouTube Shorts, about some changes coming to the platform. Not only this platform, but Instagram, TikTok, a lot of learning. So I'm just excited to share it with you and, of course, everyone who's listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, I haven't done uh, sort of a podcast or a YouTube live or a video really on like what's new with YouTube, what's working on YouTube. And so uh, I figured you'd be the perfect guy. And, you know, I'm always looking for an excuse to hang out with you anyway. So uh, here we are. Um, I see Ike hanging out with us here. <laughs> Ike, what's up, Ike? Good to see you. Um, but yeah. So, okay. So you uh, let's start with that, man. You went to VidCon. So uh, tell us, what was that like? What was like, was there a lot of people versus uh, pre-pandemic? Like what, you know, were there a lot of brands? What was it like? I think for VidCon this year, I mean, this is the first year since about 2019. So they haven't had a show for two years. And they also had a new title sponsor, which it usually was YouTube. This year right. was TikTok. Yeah. So there were a lot of changes when it came to just the convention itself. The core reason you go is to meet other creators, learn and try to connect with brands and, of course, have fun. So in that aspect, I think it was alive and well. I think it was just, you know, you had those first pre-pandemic convention feels. But other yeah. than that, I think it was still a solid event. I personally had a lot of fun. I hung out with Ike a lot and got to meet a lot of brands that I've worked with for years online. I think that's one of the beauties of going to events. I know you know that, Rob, is yeah. getting to network. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love events, man. I think events are awesome. It's it's good for like just you know mental health to see people and and uh, see old friends, make new new friends, new connections. But I think for business too, for creators, it's a great way to like meet brands in person, shake their hand, and and start conversation and build a relationship. You know, as we talk about you know brand deals, which I know, <laughs> man, you're crushing it right now. But uh, on, on brand deals, but yeah, I think it's just an awesome way to do that and just connect with other creators and do some, you know, collaborations and plan those, you know. Um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a great, uh, it's a great investment, you know, to, to go out to those things. So, um, so yeah, so there's still, was it still like a, a lot of creator, like a, it's more of the community uh, in the first floor? Cause that's like a massive conference. VidCon is like, I don't know how many people, but there's like three levels, right? For sure. I would say this year, and I obviously I don't know the numbers. This is just based on yeah. speculation of what I saw. I think they sold more creator level tickets this year than I've ever seen before. Uh, usually they separate the three levels by badge color. So it's red usually is community. Yep. Uh, purple is the creator level and blue is industry. And then mm. they have yellow, which is like full access, which are usually the speakers and can do whatever. But I would say for me this year, I saw a lot of purple, which is a good thing, which means there's a lot of creators, you know, wanting to learn. But I also realized that the community side, I think, you know, it still had that that uncertainty if it's safe to go out. But I think the next year will be even better. I think, you know, they had to iron out a lot of it. But I'm just happy events are back. Like for me, that has been what I've missed probably the most. And, you know, you mentioned when you go there, you get to kind of see the actuality of what you do and i know you rob and every time i've gone to an event with you you have people swarming asking where is rob so <laughs> i'm sure you know that feeling no 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 i think i think it's uh yeah i mean those are always fun like i said i think uh conference is a great way to um you know meet the people that you're connecting with online all we do like on a regular basis each week is like connect and collab with other creators right so um those are the opportunities to really deepen those relationships um and it's a lot easier. Like if you look at investments of like going to one event 
versus <laughs> trying to visit all of your creator connections and like partners and stuff individually sure. in their own cities. It's just like, it makes sense to just go to like an event. You get to meet everybody all at once. So um, yeah, man, that's cool. Did you pick up any, like anything in terms of where the creator economy is going? Like who's there? Is there a lot of TikTok creators versus the traditional like YouTube creators? So there's some new YouTube players in the, in the mix, you know, um, that were kind of maybe born out of the pandemic, right? Like <laughs> that, like just blew up during the pandemic. Like what was, what was that vibe like? For sure. I saw a lot of TikTokers, a lot of YouTube shorts creators. And what I learned most in this year in particular is that vertical video is here to stay. I know a lot of people wanted it to be a passing fad, but you know, in 2021, YouTube hit 5 trillion with a T views on YouTube shorts. I know that TikTok is growing year over year faster in some cases than traditional platforms like Snapchat, Facebook, LinkedIn, and even YouTube at the same time of age. So yep. I think it's just all a brand new thing to focus on in the creator economy. And, you know, people often ask what exactly is a creator economy? It's just where the creators go to not only create, but, you know, make a living and an earning doing what they love to do. So it's always yep. cool to see new players. One new player I saw everywhere was jelly smack they sponsored the lanyards uh there's oh, companies yeah. mm -hmm. like stream elements which mm -hmm. help you in lots of ways they actually have some really cool features like a product called mercury which mm -hmm. lets you have like dynamic channel banners which are super cool wow. and then you know you had some like legacy people if you've ever been to vidcon you'll know there was like davinci resolve there were obviously viacom owns it so you'll see nickelodeon everywhere but it was really cool to see all in all that's awesome, man. That's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I was on vacation. I was in California. I was actually probably across the street in Disneyland. Uh, during, <laughs> I think I was like one of the last days, but, um, you know, family vacation over work, you know, so uh, that it's was that was, was where I was at. But yeah, definitely want to make sure I uh, connect uh, with that event again next year. So um, yeah, Ike is saying in the chat speaking. here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Ike says, I've been using the dynamic banner. It's pretty nice. Uh, referring to uh, Mercury. So that's that's Streamlabs, yeah? Uh, stream Elements. Stream Elements. Stream Elements. Sorry. Yes, Stream Elements. No worries. Yeah, cool, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, again, if you guys are listening to this on the podcast, um, you know, this is actually going, this is a recording during a live stream. So head over to YouTube if you want to watch the video version um, and uh, see Andrew's uh, face <laughs> over there. Um, <laughs> Yours. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. Andrew, okay. So let's talk about a couple things that are are working or not working, some new things on YouTube. Um, you know, like I said, yeah. I haven't really done a YouTube update uh, sort of video in a while. So I thought this is a perfect opportunity. Um, first thing I want to ask you is like, you posted this thing on LinkedIn. <laughs> uh, it was like, uh, a basically there's, um, YouTube is starting to push out physical products um, within the video or not within the video but on the side of the video um video player so uh tell us anything that you're finding around that how you know kind of anything that you can share sure so the other day i'm i'm a heavy watcher of youtube so if you want there's actually more info in the comments i posted another image because on linkedin you can only post one at a time but basically what youtube tells you is that either the creator sets it up or it has been set up based on interest of you watching the viewer. So it's actually super interesting because for the first time, we're seeing that YouTube is integrating like the Google shopping shelf right within YouTube. Mm. And for creators, I, I've been calling it the product shelf because they don't really have a name for it yet. And I think, you know, there's the merchandise shelf. So why not call it the product shelf? Yep. And so... With it, you can feature things like cameras. In this example, if you're listening to the audio version, there's a camera and a microphone linked. And when you click on it, you actually go to the Google Store-like page, and it is a trackable link from the YouTube video. So obviously, they're tracking it. Hopefully, someday, there will be ways to maybe tie in affiliate programs. And interesting enough, one of the options to purchase the products was actually from Amazon. So I'm really curious to see how they develop it. But for the first time ever, you can shop right within YouTube, which is going to be huge for product reviews, things like that. Oh, seems I have lost Rob. Uh -oh. I'm right here. I'm right here. <laughs> okay. I was We're like, oh, good. no. <laughs> We're but, all good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, it's just really interesting. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's interesting too. I mean, I think monetization and like making money as a creator is like, it's something that all the platforms are trying to figure out. Although yep. I still think that obviously creators making full-time revenue is still on the creators and like the platforms are only going to be able to sort of, if you re rely only on the platform to make full-time revenue, it's probably going to be very difficult or you need a yeah. ton of viewers, right? Um, but I think they're all trying to figure out how to create features like this, like whether it's Instagram or YouTube or LinkedIn, like how do you connect revenue and selling products, you know, shoppable videos and stuff like that. Um, and so this is an interesting play. I haven't seen this myself pop up when I'm viewing. And so obviously it's something that YouTube is testing out with different channels and different viewers and different accounts. But um, that is interesting. I would, I would be curious though, like what then it kind of takes away from the like if I'm if this if this video, for example, is talking about uh, a camera and they have a specific Amazon affiliate link in their description, but then YouTube is, has a button or like, you know, on the right hand side to the, you know, the Google um, shopping like link or uh, site. And that kind of takes away from the affiliate revenue from that creator. Right. Well, it's really vague. And that's one of my main issues with it. All it says is that the creator has been compensated. So I'm mm. assuming that they either get affiliate revenue. Again, this is all assumptions. But they have not been very clear on it. But they said the creator has been compensated. So I'm assuming mm. that you know there's a reason that they have it there. And I'm sure the creator had a choice to turn it on or off. That's yeah. my reading of the circumstance. But it's very interesting because if they let you, it's based on links, right? And things like yeah. that. So imagine if you will like, how far they let us go with this because like if i could include a U screen course right within it that would make a lot of sense for me especially if i have a course or if i'm mentioning it in a youtube video let's yeah. say i'm selling a pdf on my website could i feature it here because i know we have the merch shelf which lets us feature merch but if youtube approves like more than just you know tech and products this could be huge for creators yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I think that 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 would be the next natural step for them is what else can you sell, <laughs> right? Like it's all product, <laughs> like it was it was merch, which made it easy. There's obviously integrations directly with Teespring and Spreadshop, right? And yeah. then uh, and then now if they're gonna do physical products uh, outside of merch, then this seems to be the way to go. And then the next thing would be probably the easiest is like digital products. Yeah. Like PDF guides, courses, that sort of thing. Um, and then down the road, maybe like consulting, like selling services yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting update, man. Um, yeah. So if you guys are, yeah, if you guys are watching this replay or anything, DM me hard. Hello. Good to see you. If you guys are watching the replay or um, listening to the podcast, you know, send us a DM, me and Andrew, let us know what you think of this new feature. Or if you're seeing it also when you're, uh, browsing and watching on YouTube if you're seeing the physical products being promoted um, to you. I do find it interesting that they launched it on at least when a lot of people started <laughs> reporting it on Prime Day. On I've Prime Day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Trying to trend jacking, you know? <laughs> it's pretty funny, man. That's pretty funny. Um, awesome. Okay. Well, uh, the other thing that you showed me, and I don't know if this is, it's new to me, and I think it's mm. new across the board is this um channel guidelines that you showed me yeah 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 tell us about that so i've noticed channel guidelines maybe about a week or two ago and it is an experimental beta so you may not have access to this if you're watching it at the time hopefully if you're seeing this in the future you will but the whole thing is it's letting you set the tone for the chat in fact hopefully mm -hmm. when everyone joined they were presented with your channel guidelines I know mm -hmm. that I took a screenshot for you, Rob, to show the, the audience yeah. what they kind of will, should be able to see. Yep. But the audience has to accept it. And I think that that is such a good step because if you have moderators who are trying to you know, enforce the rules, well, they can't say that they had no idea what the rules are because in able to speak, you have to accept the guidelines. And I think it just helps empower creators, their community, their moderation team to take action. Because I know one of the issues that creators were facing is people are like, well, I didn't know what the rules are. This right. makes them pretty clear. And the good thing is it shows up on mobile. It shows up on desktop. 
So I really like this step. Obviously, YouTube still has a lot more work to do for the comments, in my opinion, but it's a step in the right direction. Step in the right direction. Yeah, just to keep everybody safe and, you know, protected with, you know, what is, uh, you know, just to keep it a safe place, right? <laughs> to be a creator, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's important. Yeah, it's, um, you know, so if you guys are, if you guys are looking for this, uh, Andrew uh, showed this where to find this, but basically you go into YouTube Studio, go to your settings, and then Community. And then you'll find the channel guidelines tab. So uh, big thanks to Andrew for setting for uh, showing me that. I think that's that's very cool. That's really helpful. Um, very good. Very good. All right. I, oh, go ahead, Andrew. Go ahead. Go ahead and I actually was just going to say that I hope this shows up on shorts as well. But I think it mm. could distract from the like, if I have to accept everyone's terms while I'm trying to swipe, it may... I, it may not be there, but I know some people might have the question, is it on shorts? Currently, I don't see it on shorts. I don't see it not on shorts. Not to say that it isn't going to be on shorts, but at the current moment, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good, good, good to note. Uh, Mr. Camera Junkie says, great info. Thank you. Demi Hart says, hello, everyone. Good to see you, Demi Hart. Uh, awesome, awesome. Um, cool. Um, all right. Well, Andrew, I, gotta, I just got to ask you, man, like, what for you, what is working on YouTube? What's working for you right now? What's sort of the general strategy? I mean, go as deep as you want, but you know, I'm I'm always still thinking about shorts. Is shorts the <laughs> you know where does shorts play in everything? I think it's it changes every quarter. Like, what's the plan and what creators are doing with shorts? But um, yeah, what's the, what's the latest thing that's working for you in terms of your strategy on YouTube? For me, it's really going back to the basics of why I'm creating, because with any new form of content that you have out there, whether it's shorts, whether it's you're going into live streaming or whether you're even just creating traditional YouTube videos in general, it's always good to remember who you are trying to help with the content. And what I've seen huge success with shorts, if you're just trying to get into it or you're kind of unsure and you have a pre-existing video catalog. YouTube now shows top moments from existing videos. I've experimented on multiple channels I help run and help coach, and I've been working on cutting these for myself. But these top moments are usually just the perfect short length. So I've been cutting out the top moments that YouTube already gives us, making them vertical friendly, and then just using that. And I've actually seen a lot of successes on the channel because those shorts are targeting my target audience. I know they are already being rewatched heavily because YouTube gives us the data and it's a lot less pressure than having to create something net new. So if you do the short correctly, you can take that moment from the video and lead back to the already existing long form content. And not only that, when you think of shorts, it gives you the ability to reach a broader audience so you can go broader with your topics. So for me, I think that's been instrumental. And you can also use shorts to answer questions. You can't really feature them yet. I hopefully one day you can. But I found a lot of success also by like answering common questions from a longer piece of content I've done. So if, for example, someone asks Rob, how do I invite a guest in the stream yard? Rob could make a quick short and said, hey, I got this comment on this video. Here's exactly how you do it. It's short to the point and helps Rob come with a new piece of content. And whoever you're watching, you could do the same thing. Yeah, that's great. That's good advice. Yeah, I think that's one way of using shorts, just answering those quick questions. Um, I need to start doing that myself. I like your tip. <laughs> I, I, it, I like your tip, though, of like the top moments, because that is basically what YouTube is saying. These are the top moments. These are the best moments that you should like pick because like or not normally you'd have to like sift through the entire video manually mm -hmm. and look for something that you feel is like a top moment, you know, so um yeah no that's awesome uh you, you do it how do i say hello to robin chat never mind i figured it out andrew <laughs> hey man good to see you good to see you. i have not seen you do it in a while so good to see you good to see you. are you guys are you going to be going to vid summit because i know you're a regular there and i know you work with daryl so um you do it are you going to be going as well but yeah andrew it's your town man you're it's all it's la <laughs> Yes, but I also have at the same time a work event. So it's ah uh, uh, yes, yes. It's fun. You gotta, you know, you gotta figure it all out. But if you are unaware, you should be going to Vid Summit. It is an amazing event, one of the best in terms of the content creator space. If you want to learn a lot of stuff, yep. I mean it's run by Mr. Beast, who this ties back to both shorts and at VidCon. Mm. Him and Todd, I, I always mispronounce his name, but he's from the search and discovery team at YouTube. I think it's Burp Burpree. 
I always it's a French last name. I, I'm yeah. terrible Beaupre, at names. Beaupre, Beaupre, I Beaupre? think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know who you're talking about. I, yes. But he, basically, they both finally, for the first time, someone who works on with YouTube and Mr. Beast said that you should create shorts on one channel. At first, oh. there was a lot of uncertainty on if you should do it from you know a separate account or what. But they have come out and said that if your content you're making for shorts is the same kind of content that resonates with your main audience put it on that channel i know a lot of people are like shorts are killing my channel but what's actually happening and i've seen this so many times is like you'll have someone that talks about tech for example they do dancing youtube shorts and the people who were came for the tech don't necessarily care about the dancing now if you can find a way to talk about a piece of tech and dance maybe but it's (laughs) understanding that you have to keep creating the content people expect yeah yeah that's interesting that's a that's a really interesting i didn't i didn't realize somebody came out officially to say that you should do it on one channel yeah interesting interesting that could be a challenge for a lot of creators because like a lot of creators have that second channel for shorts Mm -hmm. for for content that they don't normally get to create like you know it's kind of like a creative like, I don't have to worry about algorithms. I don't have to worry about being in my niche. You know, I have my second channel kind of thing. I guess you could still keep the second channel for that. Yeah, but of then, course. But then keep, yeah, but then create shorts on your main channel. Interesting, interesting. Um, going back to VidCon, I just remembered somebody posted something about, like, it was really community related, but really it was because, it was like something like there was, you know, some someone, one of the creators created a meetup but then nobody really showed up. And then people were like, did nobody show up even though they had a big following on TikTok because it's harder to build a connection and community on TikTok versus YouTube, right? Yeah. You know, I've, so, I've, yeah. I've seen that video and it is very heartbreaking. And I think that one of the things that I think people underestimate, especially about events and new platforms is, I remember, Rob, you and I were there when uh, it was still Musical.ly before it became TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, we've seen the evolution from them being an app on the creator level floor to owning the event, right? Yeah. So, I think it is interesting because I think the the nature of vertical video compared to, you know, traditional long-form content, no matter what platform you're on, is that it is so easy to keep watching. And similar to the early days of YouTube, people are more known for the like one trend or the viral thing they did than their entire catalog of content, which is very similar to uh, YouTube. And yes, I said catalog, I meant catalog. But <laughs> <laughs> but the main thing is, is that it's very important to remember that any new platform has ebbs and flows and it's right. very early for TikTok. I know it's been around for years, but in terms of events and being a staple, it's early. Yeah, and I right. think that that is what we're seeing, especially because if I see more creators levels at VidCon, they can't go to the meetups. And a lot of people at VidCon this year, this was their first time. I'd ask lots of people and across the board. Ike and I would hear, oh, no, this is my first event. This is my first time at VidCon. And a lot of them were upset because if you don't know, you can't go to meet and greets if you're a creator badge. You can only do it at community and industry level. So if you have sold more creator badges than ever before right. and people want to go to meet and greets and they have limited, you only get 10 slots of people you can go to the meet and greet for, right. you have to be very strategic. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. One, I, I read a tweet, though, that kind of made sense to me that even though, like, let's say TikTok, you get a lot of views, it's like you're kind of scrolling. It's kind of coming at you. Whereas YouTube, you're searching for your creators, yeah. you're searching for this creator, you know, you want to tune into your favorite creators, like you're searching actively for them. And so you kind of have a bit of a deeper connection with them versus TikTok, where it kind of just comes at you and you're scrolling through and, you know, just a, just sort of like an like if you really get granular about like the, the the relationships with creators and their audience between the two platforms, I think that is like, it's pretty insightful when I read that on, uh, on Twitter of all places um, <laughs> where you get your insights, but it made a lot of sense to me. Right. Cause like, 
I do I do see like some regular like regular folks like the regular creators that I see on my TikTok feed, but I don't even know. Probably if you ask me, I wouldn't know their name. Yeah. Versus like YouTube, where I know their name, like I know who they are, and like you know. So I don't know. Just an interesting thing. Like to me, I still think that yes, you could still build. You could build a, a community on TikTok and Reels and things. Um, but for the most part, I think just the way that it's built, um, I think it's more like you build an audience and then you may want to send them from TikTok. You build an audience there and then you send them to YouTube to really connect with you to, um, you know, connect on a live stream and join you live and really have that interaction with you, you know, get to know you on a long form kind of video content on YouTube. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. That's just my thoughts, but. I saw it to the point. Twitter, of course, is the bastion of truth and That's nothing right. ever right. there <laughs> is bad. Uh, jokes aside, I saw something on Twitter that I thought was interesting as well. There was another creator who had one of the longest lines and they were a TikToker. And when they weighed in on the situation, they said that their main mission is to get people into a Discord group, a Discord server. So I think that to your point, if you drive people to a place that you own, that is not just like the slot machine that is TikTok, like give me more, give me more, give me more, swipe, swipe, swipe. I think that it is a really good chance to see that I think that proves to creators more than anything that you can't be relying on platform, that you should be going outside. Like obviously if you are not aware, Rob has some uh, amazing community places, which you can check in the description, I'm sure. Or if you're watching this in the uh, podcast, I'm going to give Rob homework, make sure it's in that uh, show notes. But in all seriousness, <laughs> That's just an easy way for even Rob and myself to build our own communities. And I think TikTokers are seeing it that if they don't go outside of platform, it could be just like Vine where yeah, when yeah. the if the platform shuts down and for the U.S. creators, you know, the government has shut it down before they could do it again. That's their entire like presence. So don't get too comfortable. And that also goes to us on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, sounds yeah, exactly. Speaking of the government, no, <laughs> what a segue. I'm like, let's hear it. <laughs> My next question about your stance on I was joking. No. Um uh you know when somebody is not from North America when they say good oh. morning. <laughs> hey Chantel, good to see you. Good to see you. I know Chantel's in uh Australia, right? So yeah, down uh, under. Yeah, near uh near Justin uh Justin Brown uh, land. Uh, there you go. So good to see you, Chantel. Uh, LBC Branding, good to see you. Evening, Jen. Good to see you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, Twitter is definitely never a dumpster fire. Never, never. So <laughs> it's the place where you find all truth is uh, Twitter. So yes, uh, <laughs> this is great. Um, yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. I think, um, yeah, I mean, it, the conversation continues, I think, between TikTok, YouTube, uh, Reels, you know, all of this stuff. Um, I like what you mentioned about Discord. I think that is I think that is probably in general the play. Like if you want to monetize TikTok and stuff, like I can't think of a better way to monetize TikTok other than like brand deals. It's like that's yeah. it. Like like anything else, like yes, affiliates and stuff, but it's not like YouTube where there is a description box where you can put multiple links. People have to go out of their way to go to your link in uh, bio your link in bio on your profile page. It's going to take them out of their like usual feed and like, you know, the motion that they're going through. They don't, that's like too much work for somebody. Um, mm -hmm. And so the best way to monetize would be probably brand deals, I would say, which is kind of a shame because to get brand deals, you need a following first. And so it's like, you kind of have to do it for free and build an audience for free for a little while at least. Um, before you can then start, unless you blow up with like your first or second, you know, TikTok. But, um, you know, that sounds like probably the, the best way to monetize it. Or you just look at TikTok and Reels as a way to basically like, you know, a gateway for new people to discover you and then send them over to, like you said, Discord, a community, uh, a YouTube. Your, YouTube, your YouTube channel, right? Whatever that is, and just use it as a funnel, like yeah. top of the funnel, 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 top, top, very top, and then send them down. So, yeah. Um, Chantel says, getting people to sign up to email sounds not so sexy, but if you want to prepare for down days on your preferred platform, it's the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. 
And I think that another thing you can remember on, even if you don't, if you're not sure on email, just start a community on another platform. You'd be surprised, especially if your audience fits that platform. And I've seen a lot of people being able to build successful Facebook pages or Discord servers from TikTok. And I'm talking tens of thousands of members. So there is an audience. But again, it goes back to what Rob was saying. It's the nature of the platform. And I think, you know, more now than ever, it is important the relationship you have with your audience. And you you mentioned something, Rob, about doing it for free on a lot of those brand deals and things like that. But it almost, again, it goes back to the history, right? In YouTube's early days, you couldn't even monetize on this platform. There was no thing as click-through rate until much more recently, right? So mm -hmm. it's yeah. all remembering the history of what's come before, and it just repeats itself. It's just, can you be prepared for it? And this is my tip for if you are doing TikTok or YouTube shorts, and it comes to content creation, right? We want to talk about things you can make. TikTok and YouTube shorts appeal to such a broad audience. So this is that opportunity. If you have a broad idea, give it a shot on those platforms. Uh, a great example is if you talk about fashion or clothing, right? Consider best clothing choices for women, right? Or best clothing choices for men. They're broad, but you can give multiple examples. You could put affiliate links. You could have lots of ways to create that content. On YouTube Shorts, you have the beauty of if you like some of these outfits, here are all the looks I've made over the years. Put them in a playlist. So I think you can be a lot more broad with YouTube Shorts and TikTok right now. But it's important to think searchability on both of these platforms because guess what? That's people's interest. Use what we learn. Use what we know. Throw it out there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Again, it goes back to the distribution of all your content and having sure. a plan for it. And, you know, what is free? What is paid? And <laughs> how do you how do you get people down there? Um, yeah, Chantal saying, yeah, definitely build a community somewhere, anywhere. Build a place for your audience to build relationships with each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Be that connector. Like I, that's yeah. worked. That's worked so well for me in my career is just being a connector and just introducing people to each other that. I think if it, if you think of just being a connector, you just naturally start learning about people and what what incentivizes them, what makes them tick, what you can do to help them, and then you become a connector. And like you're not you're not immediately gonna benefit from that making introductions, but you now become top of mind for other people. Like if I you know like Andrew connected me with an awesome brand, and I'm working with them now, and it's like. I'm thinking of Andrew now, like, what do I do for Andrew? <laughs> you know? And so, you know, just be a connector is just going to open so many doors for you that you don't even realize they're there. And um, yeah, it starts with a community for sure. So um, yeah, uh, LBC Branding says Discord is hot right now. It is. I don't know how many friends now that I like were never on Discord or anything are now on Discord and they have like their own Discord server. I know I have one, you have one. Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah so discord is hot right now. <laughs> i mean discord has been again you got to remember a lot of times when it comes to things like discord if you're unaware discord is a lot like slack or it is a lot like aol instant messenger if anyone there <laughs> remembers it it's like facebook except you can have like common areas to chat you could set conversations and it's real time i think that that's what facebook groups don't have is that real-time chat ability the downside of a real-time chat platform is that things go by a lot quicker. Yeah. But yeah. the upside is if your community has a question, instead of having to write like the most elegant Facebook paste, if you have like five minutes and you can just quickly send them what they need, that yeah. connection is real. And it can be sometimes stronger than waiting for a reply on a Facebook post. Yeah. So for yeah. me, I see it as a huge opportunity and win. And, you know, brands that understand Discord well are winning a lot. And, you know, Ike, who was in the chat, helped grow the two-body Discord server with myself, and Rob was in there as well. And now we're building our own because it is so important. It is so hot right now. It's so, so yeah. and I don't think it's going to be a right now thing. Discord's been around for quite a bit, but it's how do you leverage it? How do you yeah. make it worthwhile for your community to join? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it has been a, around for a long time, actually. Yeah. Um, but mostly gamers. And then I think, I don't know, during the pandemic, it kind of started like seeping into other like more business communities yeah. and stuff started to be built, you know, built on Discord. And, um, you know, the gamers kind of, you know, they, they started growing up and then they started building Discord, not just gaming, but like other topics. And so 
um, yeah, I think it's, I think Discord is definitely going to just continue getting bigger and bigger, um, you know. Um, where did you learn how to run Discord servers and like everything that, like, was it self-taught? Anybody, you know, for, for somebody that's listening, it's like, yeah, I want to use Discord. How do I even like figure this out? Because there's a bit of a learning curve with Discord. For sure. I mean, one, first and foremost, uh, if you need help setting up a Discord, there's so many YouTube channels. They have amazing resources on their yeah. own website. Yeah. But it's remembering what are the conversations that you want to have within, you know, your community and then make a chat room with that topic in mind. Like, Rob, why don't you share your screen? We can kind of give a visual for those watching. And if you're listening, it is a great chance. Also, join Rob's Discord. This is a shameless <laughs> plug because I know he won't. Let me find. Uh, but... <laughs> Let me find. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, Discord is – there is a lot of tutorials on Discord. The thing is, like, I don't know. It's a bit of coding. Not really coding, but, yeah, there's a bit of coding and, like, programming that you need to kind of understand. There's a bit well, of, luckily, like – there's a lot of bots for you, so you don't There's a lot really of bots, yeah, yeah, totally. It. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, definitely like reach out to Andrew, reach out to, <laughs> uh, reach out, man. So reach out to Andrew about discord, like check that out. I'll have the link to Andrew's discord as well. Um, and also the merch line that comes with this <laughs> discord, commu <laughs> his community. Uh, yeah, very good. Um, awesome. Hey, Shelly's here. Good to see you, Shelly. Good to see you, Chantel. Uh, man, Mr. Camera Junkie, awesome. Hey, if you guys have any questions for Andrew, by the way, now that we have him here for a few more minutes, uh, definitely drop them in the chat. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll ask him. Uh, if you're listening to the recording on the podcast, then uh, just hit up Andrew on LinkedIn. That's probably, I'm going to assume that's the best place to connect with you uh, on LinkedIn there. Um, what else, Andrew, what else? We have a few more minutes here. What else do you see working on uh, YouTube right now, even just for your personal channel or any other channels that are breaking out? Like, what do you see working? Stories, use YouTube stories. I've been gaining subscribers from YouTube stories. It, if you want to have like quick videos that will fade after seven days, but can engage your audience, it has been so helpful for my YouTube channel, YouTube stories. Like you just create them from the app. They don't last as long as YouTube shorts. They have a seven day shelf life. But if you make a new video that, is around a topic you care about it can go into the stories feed there's so much you can do with that content that i have seen so many people just miss i've actually been gaining subscribers and the people that comment on the stories end up commenting on videos and it's been really exciting to see so if you're not using youtube stories and you are already doing instagram stories you can just download that instagram story and put it back on youtube if you really want obviously i recommend creating content for youtube specifically <laughs> Yeah. But honestly, some of the times I'll just be behind some of the things. I do see Chantel says YouTube stories is great if you have 10K subs. I think they lowered it. Don't let me just triple check, but I think they lowered the requirement. But yeah, if you have access to stories, which is another thing to keep in mind. Yeah, they did. They do have it for over 10,000. But if you have access to it, give yeah. it a shot. You might be surprised. Yeah, yeah. I like, uh, I would love to do that. I do a lot of stories on Instagram, but I don't have it yet. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just short of 8,000 subs, so I don't have the 10,000 yet. So that's probably why. Um, but yeah, I like, I like stories. I consume, I consume stories from other channels that I, that I'm sub subscribed to. So um, they need to drop it to just YouTube partner program, but they do. They're, yeah. But it's classic YouTube. It'll be in a beta for a long time, just like super, <laughs> you know, thanks were for like two years. <laughs> but it is, it does do very well if you have access. And thank you, Chantel, for reminding me. I keep forgetting it's not available more widely yet. And I, every time I ask YouTube, they're like soon. And it's been soon since 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, do you still, what camp do you sit in? Do you still focus a lot on search traffic or do you find yourself trying to get more into recommended or like what, where do you sit there now? I think that each each of them have a different strategy, right? If I'm going for something that is more like recommended focused, then I have to keep change my strategy completely, be more intentional. You can still be searchable in a something that is recommended, right? So a great example is having emotionally driven but still searchable titles, right? Mm -hmm. One example I found a lot of success with was I regret not using this to find fonts faster. 
Mm. And that I regret. People don't want to regret things. Or this saved me time. It can for you too. Mm. Those emotional plays can get easier recommended and still be searchable. So they are slightly different mindsets, but still important. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, very good. Uh, Aniket has a question. Aniket is uh, is awesome. I actually spoke with Aniket a couple weeks ago. Um, just a super smart YouTube mind. Uh, does a lot of uh, management work for other channels. So he's wondering, how do these channels that don't follow traditional YouTube techniques blow up on YouTube? No proper SEO, no thumbnails that are fancy. They just blow up out of nowhere. Like I, I think if you understand what YouTube is trying to do and it is trying to find the best audience possible find match them with content they know will keep them on platform sometimes the traditional youtube techniques they work great but it takes a while it can be a slow burn sometimes Mm -hmm. you just happen to upload the right piece of content youtube has found an audience you may have just accidentally created something but it has happened since the beginning of youtube it happens to this day what i will tell you is you could wonder forever what they did to be successful or you could work on your own levels of success. Now, yeah, the traditional YouTube techniques, they're just fundamentals. Like no one gets hyped about the fundamentals, but they matter, right? Like, I don't think Rob is sitting here like, yes, I put a piece of video into a video editing timeline. I'm great. <laughs> but that's a video editing fundamental. You got to bring your footage into the editor, but we're not going to necessarily get excited about that. Right. So it's understanding that what we get excited about are those big numbers, but they matter a lot of times. They still do. And, you know, you asked me, how do I feel on search? I would say that don't let the SEO bog you down. What I find is that SEO these days can be, uh, I'll create content when I understand SEO. And I'm trying to eliminate whens. Like, that's something I've been focusing on a lot this kind of time around, is I want to eliminate the when when you try to create content. So I think that that is important, is to understand how they work, learn them, but then use them to your advantage. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's really good. That's really good. I've been less and less. I still I still pay attention to SEO for every video and live stream. You'll still see tags and everything. I've been less and less like, like I don't know what's the word, Andrew. But like you know how <laughs> like like probably let's say like a year or two ago, I would have been more like by the book rigid. Like okay. Keywords have to be the first three words, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I don't know, I've just been less and less. And it's more like what you said, like a little bit more like using more emotional words and things like that in titles. Um, I find like my descriptions are still sort of the same format, um, you know, more keyword friendly at the top uh, and then links. And then like I still use hashtags, which I'm convinced don't really matter, but I just put them there anyway. I have seen the opposite. Hashtags are interesting when it comes to lives, especially uh, when I was mm. working with this one channel, it was during black history month and they had a whole panel around, you know, the black experience in America. Now I, I can't speak much to the panel. I thought it was very insightful, but what they did that was very interesting is they, they used a trending hashtag that was on Twitter. It was on, they, they, we did research and we found a couple of hashtags that were really good and halfway through, We went from nine viewers and I start to see, I check the analytics and it's all coming from hashtags, right? Mm. So hashtags are require their own different strategy. Right, right. But obviously that I've had a few streams do that, but not really anything else. Not to say that it doesn't. Obviously yeah. you have to use hashtags for YouTube shorts at the time of this stream. It might change. <sighs> that's, that's the beauty of this platform ever changing. But the thing is, I think your point on SEO is like, you just got to update with the times, right? Like, I think having SEO in your YouTube chapters are super important if you're trying to get featured on Google as well. I think that one thing I've learned and I've studied from like brands like Apple or I've studied for brands like Nike Mm -hmm. and Disney is that they don't ever and a lot of YouTubers fall in this trap is they just replace the text or they just say exactly what's in the thumbnail. There's no interest. There's no intrigue. But what Apple or Disney and what they do really well is they don't show you the same thing. They show you what it solves, what it changes, how it makes you feel, right? Right. So instead of just showing my phone and I'm like, is this the best camera on you? Maybe I'm focusing on take the best photos of your life with this. That's a different thumbnail strategy and a different way to think. 
And it's instead of repeating the same thing, it is show what it solves. Not right. too much to where they don't want to click because you gave it all away, but it's that thin, fine line. Right, right. So it's more like the benefits, right? Versus the yeah. features. Yeah, benefits versus features. Yeah, um, that's good. Good. And for the for the Apple example, they showed like one of the early copies that they did was for the old iPod. And it was like, mm -hmm. hold as many songs as you want. Cool. That's what it does. But then they said, hold 1000 songs and people immediately got it because hold as many songs as you want. Well, then people are like, no, well, I don't really listen to that much music. And you know, <laughs> it doesn't really give the what it does, but hold right. a thousand songs immediately i think oh well shoot i like a lot of music a thousand i don't know if i can hit that but it's good to know i have the space right that's something that really was eye-opening to me and like nike does the same thing like instead of these shoes are comfortable they're like run farther run up to 5k guaranteed that was like an ad that they got into trouble for but that at least shows to like the the like interest right yeah that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, LBC Branding says, yeah, show what it solves. Good stuff. Um, she also says, also, my channel's growing. And I'm not worrying about the vanity metrics yet. So that's really <laughs> good. That's really good. Um, I'm curious how you feel it is growing. Like, what what, what metrics do you do you tend to watch? Um, you know, I, I'm not really big on vanity metrics either. I am. Like, there is one vanity metric I'm kind of like, eh, by the end of the year, it'd be nice to get to 10,000. That's kind of like my goal for my channel. But other than that, I'm just, you know, I'm, I've sort of learned over the years now, Andrew. Like, I'm, I'm not having been on YouTube for too long, but you don't need a whole ton of views to create revenue around, um, especially when you're in different niches where there's some like high ticket things that you can do. And um, the brands that are in the space are uh, willing to pay, um, you know, not for like massive views, but they're just the right audience. And, um, and so, yeah, I haven't been so concerned with it, but it is just one of those nice to have like, but then the year 10,000 subs so I can get stories like Andrew, um, you know, <laughs> but, but you see, that's why I hate because subscribers, I wish weren't a vanity metric, but when YouTube ties them into, I know, ones, right. They become yeah, no longer yeah. vanity. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually a really good point. Um, Chantel, I think, I think what works is to not wait to upload content until you know everything because YouTube is always moving and changing, 100%. For sure. I think, I think that's like uh, the, the earlier, the sooner you learn that um, as a creator on YouTube, the better you will do in the long run. So that's awesome. Um, Anikit says, I think right now, best way to go forward is to have the right packaging, the idea, title, and thumbnail. Sometimes situations help these channels like recession for investment creators. Yeah, I mean, there's... There's things out of your control that will just like make some niches trend um, and you can't control it. You know, working from home, like before 2019, some person was probably making a bunch of videos about working from home and being a remote worker. All of a sudden a pandemic hit and then their content probably just skyrocketed, you know. Same with so. van life. Like we saw people living unique lives, traveling the country in a time where we couldn't go outside. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think like you just sometimes you have to build your content catalog for the right moment. And yeah. the problem is, is if you wait for the when you're not building anything. So when the when comes and you have all these ideas, but you've never made anything, you're already too late. Uh, I think, you know, it goes back to if you build it, they will come. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. The one thing with that, and I think, uh, I forget who it was, but- Rob, I'm not you know, building an arc with you. I appreciate yeah, exactly, the exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, <laughs> no, but I think sometimes like, sometimes if you do blow up too early, it mm. could actually be really bad for you. There's two, two, two reasons that I think that. Um, one, if you blow up when you just start and you're just in the phase where you're testing different topics, and you blow up for something that you thought maybe something you actually enjoy, but really it's not. It's like you're just testing topics. Like if I blew up, you know, on like, I forget, like, you know, let's say I blew up because I was talking about Pinterest in the early days when I was like testing different social channels. Like that would make me maybe want to chase Pinterest as a topic. Nothing against yeah. Pinterest, but it's not something I would create long term, like a channel around. You know, and then also second, if you blow up too early and like you don't really have um, some of the fundamental things as a 
creative entrepreneur, business owner with your creator content, with your content, you may not be like all that, all those views may go to sort of result in no revenue or no business because you didn't have like, you know, a lead magnet or a way to capture emails or a community, right? Um, you may not have had like an affiliate link set up. Like, let's say, imagine you made a video about like, you know, a cat, like, you know, the Canon M50, which is the camera I'm using right now. <laughs> and, uh, and then it blew up and people want to buy the camera. And then like, you didn't have an affiliate link for it in your description. Such a waste, right? Like all yeah. the, all the views and people that are like ready to buy the camera. There's not like, they would have just gone to a different tab and go directly to Amazon and, or, or Canon and, and pick up the camera and you wouldn't benefit from it. So, you know, that's why I always tell people just like get some of those things like set up, even if you feel like when you're starting to create content, even if you feel like nobody's going to click on it or, you know, you're not start building the community, start building your affiliate links, all of these things that you just don't don't wait on that stuff because um, you just never know when the time happens. Right. When the blow up happens. Exactly. And I think that that's really solid advice because you're building the foundation for the rest of your career today. Like the Rob 10 years from now is going to thank the Rob now for doing all the stuff he's doing now. Right. Yeah, right. Whether we know it or want to admit it or not. So it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, awesome. Andrew, this has been really good. Start building the habit. There you go. Mr. Amen. Camera Junkie. There it is. That's it. Um, and LBC Branding says, I focus on what I can control. I look for the videos that are doing well and make more of them. That's it. That's really it. Um, these are great. These are great. Andrew, I'm going to wrap it up because it's All been right. over. I told you 20 minutes and we're like 50 minutes and something <laughs> here. So, uh, Andrew, where's the best place for people to connect with you on YouTube, LinkedIn? Where, like, what's the best place if they want to connect more with you? The best places to connect with me are youtube.com slash Andrew K or Andrew can with a K on YouTube or Discord. I have a Discord creator community. It is the can do creator community. It is on the YouTube channel or on Twitter, Andrew can film can with a K. Amazing. Amazing. And uh, as we wrap up here, uh, very new. I just got the invite. I'm going to be speaking. I'm going to be heading to Florida. I'm going to be speaking Ooh. at FinCon. So uh, FinCon is all like finance, uh, personal wealth, uh, sort of uh, speakers and creators. Um, very awesome uh, conference here. So if you guys are going to be at FinCon, if you guys are in Florida, uh, Orlando specifically, then hit me up. Let me know. It's going to, it's not until September, but um, already decided to uh, get back out there again. So uh, let me know if you guys are going to be in town for that. But uh, otherwise, Andrew, thanks for hanging out on the podcast. Thank and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Talk soon.